Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Had a good, well, had a pretty good weekend. It was Mother's Day weekend. So I think this is coming out a week after that. But um, yeah, we were... Had baseball, so I had a ba- our first baseball tournament. Had some games on Saturday, rain delayed, and then Sunday, everything got rained out. Every ball field in the city was closed, so we just got news actually. So it got canceled our championship game, but we just got news that we uh, officially took first place in the tournament because we had the Sweet. least amount of runs scored against us leading up to that game. Okay, um, so now we get a state playoff berth. So you got to win like one tournament to get a state bid. So yeah, all in all, it was a good weekend. Ended up just hanging out with the wife and visiting her folks yesterday. So pretty good. You do something special for Tammy? Yeah, we went to an Italian place in Old Town, Alexandria, which is kind of a nice place to go, albeit crowded. Oh, yeah. Everyone had the same. Yeah, it's just a nice place. Do you walk in and they usher you to a table? They're like, oh, Mr. Fougere, we got a table for you. Yeah, that's right. Like, oh, look at this guy's (laughs) nose. He's one of us. That's probably not one Italian guy working there, honestly. But uh, anyways, place called Landini's. Um, It's right on uh, King Street in Old Town, which is very well known for people in the D.C. area. And phenomenal. I mean, it was, I'm usually, we usually don't go out for Italian. In this case, we had, we had gone to this place on a, food tour and loved it so we went back and it was phenomenal nice i have not had italian you know what we don't have around here where i live at least i don't know in the i don't know 10 mile radius or something is a good italian place and a good mexican restaurant like they just i don't know what's going on here where i live because we get everything else yeah so it's kind of makes me yeah realize i haven't had that kind of food in a long time so yeah, I don't like to go out to, to dinner too much anyway. Anthony's like yelling at me back here. I was like, I don't even know what you're asking. Where did I put the what? Doesn't he know we're recording? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was mouthing on mute there for a second. Yeah. Pretty funny. All right, All so right. we got a question that came in, didn't we? Yep, go ahead. Um. So basically, the question is about how long... Do I have to pay premium? What's the? Do you have it pulled up? Who who his name? What his name was? Oh no! Um, it was a YouTube comment. So just one second. Um, a new comment on the back to the basics from Tyler J. Do you have to pay premium every year for whole life, or is there some sort of cutoff point? Yeah. So that's a good question, and we've covered it in uh, what episode thirty? I want to say thirty-two when we talked about how do you pay your premium in retirement? So we got into the fact that you don't have to pay your premium because yep. there is, as Tyler asked, a decision point. Yeah. You can make. yeah. So it's kind of a, so go to that episode, Tyler, and, and, and you can hear the answer, but basically, no, you don't have to pay premium forever, but you should. Yeah. Meaning until you graduate, you should yeah. endeavor to do that with new money every year. 
And if you listen to that episode and still understand why, reach back out and we'll try to answer it better than that. But I plan on paying premium until um, most of mine are either paid up at 100 or paid up at 95. And I intend yeah. to pay those premiums until the day, you know. Right. So, and, and that's coming from somebody, Tyler probably doesn't, maybe hasn't read the book, um, probably doesn't practice IBC. Um, and that's, that's one of those questions that comes kind of at the beginning of your education journey is, do I have to pay this forever? Because once you start learning, you realize, and, and the way we design policies is yeah, you, we, we want to give you the contractual right to pay right. for as long as possible. So like you said, paid up at 95, um, or a hundred, um, even though you're not obligated to, there's other ways to, yep. to let the policy pay for itself. That's right. Tyler, there's things called non-forfeiture options that exist in whole life insurance only. Uh, you can kind of Google non-forfeiture options whole life, and you can, can kind of read about the uh, the different ways that you can stop or decrease or eliminate paying premium. Yeah. Well, there you go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we I think we have a lot of military listeners, so I want to let's do a little test. Uh, a little pop quiz for all of our military listeners. Who can name who this quote comes from? A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. We'll give you about three seconds to come up with an answer. Um, so, you know, talking to an army guy, I, as an Air Force guy, I had to memorize that quote at the academy. That's because there probably are no good... You know, all the good Air Force guys were former Army aviators from World War II, right? Like Curtis LeMay and Hap Arnold and, you know, then they kind of. <laughs> yeah, all, all the guys anyway. that, uh, you know, Robin Olds, all the guys that are are buildings in. That's right, Robin Olds. Yeah, all That's the right. statues right. are. Great mustache, are... the best mustache ever. You know, funny, and some guys who've been deployed can probably relate. We had a guy when we deployed, we all grew mustaches, right? I shaved my head and grew a mustache. Yeah. Um, it was hideous, but we had a guy who, who had like a Tom Selleck stash. It was beautiful, but he, uh, the group commander when we were deployed grounded him because his mustache was out of regs. So he took a combat pilot out of the rotation, reduced our combat effectiveness because of his mustache. That's, that's the, the, what has become. When I was a lieutenant, they like took flight suits away from us and we had to wear like this. And it was, it was more practical uniform, but you know, was, they're trying to make you look like everybody else. And, and, uh, anyway, I'm with you, man. I never understood. I could only wear it. We had Stetsons, you know, cause I was in the cav and you could only wear it in your squadron area. So if you left and went to the PX or something, you, you had to take it off. And of course I, no one told me that. So I'm here, Lieutenant Fugere walking around and the px at camp humphreys and my squadron commander's like what are you doing wear that i'm like what like it's friday <laughs> i got my you spurs probably, on and everything you probably anyway, wore it out so wore it out to the I bars never, pick up the ladies yeah, and i your never Stetson hat that's right i never understood that like the kind of killing the warrior ethos and um speaking out of both sides of our mouth when it comes to oh you guys are killers and well not really not not in the px you're not you're killers, but make sure you wear your reflective belt during civil twilight and all dark <laughs> That's hours right. in combat uh, to make it an easy target for anybody trying to shoot over the fence. Hey, why do you guys wear those in the daytime? I don't have a good answer for that. 
<laughs> Safety first. Anyway, yeah. we digress. Uh, man, yeah. we could get on a rant, couldn't we? Um, yes. Okay. So anyway, back to the quote. Did we say who it was? No. No, we didn't. Yeah. General yeah. George S. Patton. That's right. Yeah. A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. How does that, how do you relate that quote to IBC? Yeah. Well, typically, Dave, everybody we talk to that is introduced to this, you know, they read Nelson's book, they listen to some podcasts, they, whatever material they get into, every single person says, including both of us, most like, you know, I know I said it as well, is that I wish I had started this 20 years ago, this this journey to becoming my own banker. That's very common thing to hear from somebody who's just getting started. I mean, very common. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to be introduced to it when I was 30. Um, but what my, what my statement was, was why didn't my dad do this for me? Cause he sold insurance when I was a kid for like 20 years, he had an insurance business, um, and never set up a policy like this for me. Um, but maybe he didn't know. You yeah. don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Of course, that, that? Was before the book was written, of course. Yeah. So it wasn't very well popularized. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, so that is the the number one remark that we hear from people, especially people maybe in their mid to late 40s and older. Sure. Um, they're like, oh, I wish I would have heard about this sooner. What's cool is when you talk to people saying their 60s, they've got kids in their 30s or 40s. So they're like, hey, this is perfect for my kids. I want to put policies on my adult children right now for them, you know, and and then talk to them because I want them to do policies too. So it's um so what what you know the reason we bring this up really is because um there's also people some people hear about it and they jump on board right away. Right? Like like Paul Fougere, who right. I mailed you a book a couple of days later. You're like, I want to be your first client. I was like, hold on, man. I don't even have my license yet. Yeah. So, I'm a yeah. fast reader. Yeah, apparently. Or maybe you just quick had Tammy read quick to you. study. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're certainly smarter than you look, man. I got to say, Paul's probably one of the... <laughs> that was a compliment, I think. Do I look stupid? Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there it is. Uh, no, you're probably, honestly, man, one of the quickest studies I've ever met. And uh, I don't know how you do this business full, you know, you you crush it in this business and have the full-time army gig at the same time. Probably probably talking to the world's most efficient man right here, Paul Fougere. <laughs> I was going to make the title a joke, you want? but yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you the joke after. It's super okay. funny too. All right. No, I appreciate that. Well, I know I just, you know, I think... Um, I knew there was a problem. I didn't know what the solution was. The book presented the solution in a, in very simple terms that I instantly grasped. Yeah. Um. So I, to me, you know, it was super easy. And I'm, I'm more of a big picture guy too, right? So I didn't ask you a lot of like, I'm not saying there's there's a lot of dumb questions we get. There's there's not, but there's questions that don't matter. And I'd like to think I looking back, I didn't ask you questions that didn't matter. 
Yeah. Really at all. There's questions that really don't matter um, because they don't have to do with the process of banking. They have to do with the questions that don't matter are really the questions about the product itself. Correct. So that, that comes secondary, like way secondary. Primary, primary is the process of banking. So I'm sure there's people listening right now who've been listening and maybe eating up all kinds of podcasts, maybe read the books, still haven't moved forward. Um, I had somebody reach out to me who the first time we made contact was probably three years ago. Got to be a record. Yeah. And we've been in contact for at least a couple times a year ever since. And he's finally ready to, to move forward. So, you know, what that final straw is or that you know that light bulb moment that finally clicks i think what some people do kind of like people young people who they want to have kids someday they're like yeah we're gonna we'll have kids but we're just not quite ready so we're gonna wait until you know our careers are established we got a home we got this and that and then we'll move forward you know yeah and then they're having kids in their 40s and they're like i wish we would have done this 20 years ago yeah so no doubt yeah we see some analysis paralysis too, where we're focusing on uh, maybe our, our our understanding of the problem isn't as developed as it should be. And if we don't understand the problem, any solution won't matter, whether it's dividend paying whole life or, or something else. But if you don't know what the problem is, you're never going to know the solution. Right. That That's huge. And that's one of the biggest principles. Um, of this whole concept. Uh, but another thing we were talking about before is I think what most like action always trumps inaction. Um, and one of the biggest, probably the number one hindrance to action in anything is fear. So I would drill down into what, what is that fear that's keeping you from taking action on something that you're pretty confident already. It's the right thing to do, but what, what is it? Is it the fear I mean, how many people um, were too afraid to sign up for their company's 401k? Well, most people do that during, you know, with HR in the first day of training. You show up yeah, and go and to this big classroom with HR and they say, here's your paperwork, do it. Yeah. And I think most of it now is automatic enrollment. You have to disenroll. Right. You have to opt out. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so what makes this different if somebody knows that, man, this, this sounds like the thing that I need to do. Why are they so hesitant to do this when they weren't hesitant to do, say, you know, sign up for the 401k? Yeah. I think the psychology behind it is simple. It's they know nobody paying 20% of their income to a whole life premium. Why, right. why would they know anybody doing that? You know, they go, and that goes with, I don't know anybody do, doing this. Why isn't everybody doing it right after they understand? Like, why isn't everybody doing this? That comes up as well a lot yeah. after the after the light bulb moment. Um, and of course, you know, my question, my response is, when's the last time you saw a commercial for a dividend paying whole life insurance product? Yeah, you know, from good a, point. one of those companies. Yeah, almost, almost never. You might I don't watch television, but you might see like a Northwest commercial, maybe or a Mass. Um, I don't know. You see auto insurance all the time. New York no Life, doubt. probably. Maybe New York Life. I, yeah. I I don't know, but um, I could tell you on Amazon Prime and Netflix and YouTube, we don't see any of that really. So um, yeah, um, but that's that's it. They don't. 
it's comfortable to do the 401k or individual retirement account IRA because that term has been popularized. It's familiar. Yeah. It's sponsored and, by the government. It's got to be great. And right? nobody is going to tell you you made the wrong choice, even if that thing tanks. Right? right. Even if you lose 30%, nobody's going to say, well, why in the world did you participate in a 401k? Are you nuts? Nobody's going to say right. that. But if you participate in dividend paying whole life insurance, you're probably very likely, if you ever speak about it, you're going to have somebody in your circle who says, what'd you do that for? That's idiot. Right. Uncle, Bo Uncle Bobble will ask that. Yeah. Or like Dwight Schrute, idiot. What'd you do that for? I think we we have an episode early on about you know my my friends think I'm crazy, yeah yeah for we do. using whole life insurance. So find that episode and we we'll elaborate on that. But yeah, I think that's a lot to do with it, man. It's just I mean following following your middle class friends and doing what they do and seeing them stay middle class. If that's what you want to do, then then do what everybody else does, right? Yeah, it's the you know it's the very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah, right. If you're, if you're doing what all the other, and I'm not, you know, we, we're both middle, you know, in D.C. probably I'm middle class because you have to make like five million dollars a year to be wealthy here. Um, the cost of living is so ridiculous, but um, doing what everyone else is doing is is generally you need to be studying what what are the banks doing. What is, you know, what are these other rich folks doing? Like Warren Buffett, well, he's buying, well, he bought an insurance company. He bought a business, right? Yeah. That's how people get wealthy in in one way. Yeah. And they were doing something different to begin with to become wealthy. It's not no like question. they do that, those things because they're wealthy. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying doing dividend paying whole life insurance is going to make you wealthy. Nope. What it's going to do is create a completely different mindset and form new grooves in your brain. I believe, I mean, that's science. Um, I think you will honestly have new pathways, neurological pathways in your brain that are developed when you start thinking differently um, and stop just going along with status quo. Yep. I've had two clients start businesses. One quit his W-2 job with the VA completely. Nice. Started a business uh, doing teeth whitening in Hawaii, crushing it. Wow. And then naturally evangelizing IBC through that business, right? So he wants to also do IBC as an agent and, you know, we're going to coach him through that. And then I have another uh, nurse client that started a, a consulting business. And, you know, none of that is, none of that is occurring with the old W-2 employee mindset. It's just not. You're right. Yeah. Because it took capital, took liquid capital to start this and yeah. they were able to you know, access it through policy loans and, and do what they needed to do. So, huh. but anyway, you're right. It it totally changes. And we've said this often, but it changes the landscape of, of how you view things because you have access to money you otherwise didn't have because it was locked up in a 401k or an IRA or wherever, um, which is still what 99% of people are doing, right? Um, those people aren't looking for anything else. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I haven't even thought about that. Like how many of my clients, what else has changed in their lives? Right now, I've, I'm having several conversations with clients actually who are, um, a couple of them are pilots making really good money flying for, for the airlines sure. or you know, a cargo line or something. Yep. They're like, man, I got to figure out a way to get out of this. I gotta, I'm talking to a dentist. 
I mean, as a dentist, they make good money, right? Especially after a few years in practice. Um, he's like, I got to get some passive income. I got to get out of this business. Yeah. Like, well, what people want is time. Yeah. And, and you need time. And uh, autonomy, I think. Autonomy. autonomy make your own decisions, right. not answer to somebody else for, hey, can I take a vacation this week? Yeah. Oh right. Gosh, I know what or, that's like, don't I? Yeah. Right. It, it's been great. I mean, I got to check my family calendar if see if I can go do this or that. Right. But I don't have somebody telling me. I mean, it's just, it's a different life. And I think people start to see that and they see other people doing that and they open their eyes to the possibility that they can do that too. And I think this no is question. just, it's not like IBC will make you a successful business person, a business owner. Like it doesn't do that. What it does is it gets you thinking differently to like, there's possibilities out there that a lot of people haven't even considered. And it's all because they took that one step, the next step, took some action, put the policy in place, and then started thinking like a banker and okay, now I got this in place. Let's figure right. out how to put it to work, you know, even better. And that was one of Nelson's main points, right? Was you should be in two businesses, right? And we say that in, in our in our intro, I think. Yeah, I think so. Don't we? Right. Yeah. You should everybody be probably in whatever forward. business you're in. Yeah, yeah. In the banking business. Um, and ultimately, I think by being in the banking business at the you and me level, you the wheels begin to turn and you're you're thinking, I could do what that person over there is doing. I could own some real estate like rental properties, for example, or I could yeah. do some real estate syndication, or I could start a business, or I could be a partner in a business, or whatever, whatever it is. I think they just start to think, yes, I could, I could do those things. Yeah, absolutely. So just get around those people. And here's what I told somebody else, um, a guy who, who just closed on his policy and he, he went big. He went aggressive from the beginning, another pilot. Um, and good on him, but he still wants to invest because that, you know, he likes to invest in the market. Um, and you know, he was kind of concerned that he wouldn't be able to, to invest in the market if he did this. Then he figured out it's they're not mutually exclusive. Um, but uh he was just uh the conversation I had to him because he was kind of you know wavering a little bit, um, was Hey, when you, when you do something like this, you start to think differently. And when you start to think differently, it's kind of an unrecognized value. There's unrecognized yes. value everywhere in every decision we make, right? You yep. can't look at just, Hey, this transaction, it's everything behind that. Like, I don't the know. If unseen. I the unseen value. Yep. Right. Like the unseen value. Did I mention this on the last podcast? Did We've we talk talked about, about the seen okay. and the unseen. Yeah. So the unseen value is. Hey, now you're thinking like a banker and you've got capital, your eyes are going to be open to opportunity. Your, your mind is going to be open to a different way of looking at things. And oh, another thing I told him, I think this is the point I was driving at actually was here's the problem is you don't have anybody in your circle that you, that you, you deal with on a, on a daily basis who does this. So you right. need to put yourself around mentors who do this through podcasts, through books, through videos, whatever it may be, or, you know, coming to our monthly webinar, which we're not doing one in May, we need to pick that back up in, in June. We just didn't plan one this month, but put yourself around people. Um, I mean, like I consider my, my mentors, uh, you know, Dale Carnegie is a mentor. Zig Ziglar is a mentor. Like I've never met those guys in person. Of course, Dale Carnegie, I don't know when he died. 
but can you mentor, remind people who that is and what well, the guy who wrote? wrote how to win friends and influence people probably there one of go. the best books on emotional intelligence i read that I book think, when i was 14 for the first time mm -hmm. right yeah i've read I it still got that times. copy too <laughs> yeah it's, it should yeah, be mandatory reading for every middle schooler or high schooler at least now they're reading um pool boy and uh they're yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah call me jill i don't know <laughs> yeah it's it's ridiculous but anyway um but you got to put yourself Probably around a couple of subscribers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry leave a one star review go ahead um but you got to put yourself around people who who are doing yes. this because you're swimming upstream and yep you've you're, you've got a headwind financially and you're swimming upstream neither yep. of those is an ideal condition you need a tailwind and you need you know to swim downstream and go link up with those go link with those there are there are real estate meetups in your local area there are people doing ibc where you live i guarantee it um, those are the people you need to be around. And, and an IBC group especially is just a great group of people. Really, yeah, really, really smart. And most most IBC people are doing something cool or they know somebody who's doing something really cool. Um, that might be something that you're interested in. So, Yeah, most, man, I'd say the vast majority of my clients have a, a side hustle of, of some sort. Whether they had it before or they started it after, They've got something in addition to just their their W two, yeah. That they're pursuing. And nowadays, you need to. Yeah, honestly, you do because I mean, there's really no safety in that that W two. Yeah, that and the value of the dollar has gone down just just in real estate, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and and wages aren't keeping up with the inflation. So, right, yeah. So, all right, man. I think. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Maybe we'll be back with another quote next week for another pop quiz. Yeah. So we'll find a good air just Force to summarize. Line. If you've been listening to us for the past year and change, I don't know how many episodes we have now, 60 something, 60 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you haven't, yeah, you, know, you haven't reached out or maybe you reached out to somebody else and that's great too. But if you haven't reached out and you, if it, you might be wasting your time. Uh, because we have said everything I think that can be said about why one would want to do infinite banking, um, why someone would want to own dividend paying whole life insurance and pay adequate premium relative to their income to become their own banker at the you and me level. There are, you know, and I always direct people to other resources of things that I have found helpful, including your four minute and 20 second video or 435, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but lesson learned, take action. You're going to, 20 years from now, you don't know this, but you're going to thank yourself. You really, you really will. I don't, I, I can't, I can't illustrate that on a piece of paper. I can't, I can, you have to catch that. You have to know that, but I can't really teach that to you. Yeah. And, and you'll be able to look back and see, man, where did all these different changes start to come from? What was the first step I took to all these other things that, you know, this is a springboard to so many other things. So yeah, and and in the end, Dave, all we're really doing is changing the sequence of where your money goes. Yeah, good point. That's it. Right on. Well, and it all comes down to control. So hey, until next time, control your capital. Or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. 
If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.